want to pray tonight before Keith comes and preaches. I want to pray for you as you give this evening. I pray that you'll go to seven, text 77977, keyword Woodland Church, no spaces in there, just Woodland Church, and be faithful with your tithes and your offerings. It does me so much good to, to be able to sign that check every month as we support our missionaries. Today I was able to, to uh, authorize some other giving that we could do to help with feeding hungry children and being sure that they're going to have a good Christmas as well. And you know, it's all because of each of us just faithfully doing what God has given us the means and the ability to do so. We can all tithe, and then we can all give something just above our tithes and our offerings to the Lord. So would you join me right now in prayer? I'm going to pray for the service tonight. I'm going to pray for Keith as he preaches, and I'm going to pray over your giving as well. Heavenly Father, we love you, and we thank you, God, for your amazing grace to us. How could we not share how good you are? The Scriptures tell us to even lay on our bed at night and to sing our thanks to the Lord. And so, Father, tonight I lift my voice in praise and thanksgiving to you for the grace that you've shown me in Christ Jesus. You washed away my sins. Secondly, Lord, I pray for us tonight as Keith brings the word and preaches about friendship, that, Lord, you will point us first and foremost to your amazing love and grace to us, and that, Lord, as we follow Keith along in the scriptures tonight, that, Lord, you will quicken certain passages to our hearts that will help us, O oh Lord, not only be a friend to you, but be a friend to our lost friends and neighbors. I ask you as well this evening, would you take our gifts, our tithes, and our offerings? Father, we put them into your hands, and we expect amazing things to take place for those that receive and for those that give that, Lord, you will continue to pour back into our lives. I thank you. Now, Father, before Keith comes and preaches, we pray for all of those that are recovering from surgery or for those, Lord, who have got the COVID virus right now. We're praying that the very life of Jesus, Christ who lives within us, will crush and destroy this sickness and this disease. For it's in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Keith's coming right now to preach the word. Good evening, everyone. Happy Wednesday. I hope you're having a great week so far. It was not too long ago that I was listening some, to some older Christian songs that I used to listen to back in the day. And then my daughter Riley was listening to them with me. And I was going through some of the older bands that I used to listen to. Bands that you might remember or have heard of, like Petra, or Whiteheart, or Idol Cure. Mylon Lefeffer and the Broken Heart Band. She really liked that band. She liked them a lot. And then I played her a song called Friends by Michael W. Smith. And in her teenage uh, look, she looked at me and said, Really, Dad? I told her, you have no idea about this song. This song was the most played song at high school dances, at proms, at graduations, and many other events. Christy and I even had our, that song sang during our wedding, which she graciously reminded me of. And so this got me to think a little bit about the song, and so I looked up a few facts about it. In 1987, Michael W. Smith said about the song, I've gotten tons of response from that song, and it's a song that relates to kids who have lost friends in car accidents, in death, 
or even going to summer camp and having to leave new friends. The chorus says, friends are friends forever. He said, when I sing in concert, everybody cries. And he said that he still gets choked up when he sings it. He also said that he wrote the song with his wife for a friend of theirs who was moving out of town. And this friend used to be in their group, in their Bible study group. And so as he was leaving, they wrote this song for him. You also may remember that Michael W. Smith had a close relationship and close friendship with George H.W. Bush. And they've been friends since 1989. And when President Bush passed away in 2018, you might remember that Michael W. Smith sang the song at his funeral service at the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. It was a beautiful song, and it was a beautiful arrangement, and it had a 150-voice choir with orchestra. And so it got me thinking some more, and I think that the reason why this song, Friends, became so popular among Christians is because the lyrics are so true in our lives. The song talks about choosing friends wisely and giving the truth that friends are friends forever if the Lord is Lord of them. This is so true, and I often tell my kids that people we think are our friends will come and go. It's usually the friends that have a relationship with the Lord, as we do, are the ones that stick around for the long haul. I think of my son Daniel, who's in college now, and he's out there making new friends. But I've seen in his life that the real true friends that have been the lasting friends for him have been the friends that he's made here at Woodland Church. These are the friends that he has worshipped with, that he's prayed with, he did fine arts with. These are the friendships that will last him a lifetime. We were created to be social people. Some may be more social than others, but this is how God created us to be. Friendships are important, and it's an important thing to us. Look at social media. Social media is basically how many friends you have. Doesn't matter if you know them in person or not, but sometimes it shows that we have so many friends, and look how popular we are. But it's the Christ-centered friendships that we have even if it's just a few, they're the ones that are usually the people that help us in our lives. When we look at the Word of God, we see so many godly friendships in the Bible. We see Abraham and Lot. We see David and Jonathan. Ruth and Naomi. Elijah and Elisha. Daniel and his friends. Jesus with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. We see Paul and Timothy in Paul and Priscilla and Aquila. These are all godly friendships that are in the Word of God. And they give us an idea of how our friendship should be. And it's through these friendships that we read in the Bible that we see modeled in the Word of God that we're shown how to minister to our friends. We're shown how to support our friends. We're shown how we should pray for our friends. And we're shown how we should love our friends. When I think of friendships that I've had, and I still have many today, I think about how the Word, word of God tells us that we should encourage one another. 
In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Paul wrote, So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. So Paul is telling these believers to encourage each other and build one another up. We also see how Paul encouraged Timothy and many others in his letters. And one of the things that we see Paul doing a lot is thanking God for them. And so we too can thank God for our friendships that we have. And we can let them know that the reasons why we are thankful for them. These are ways that we can encourage our friends. And so we as believers in Christ are encouraged to encourage one another. If you think about it this way, imagine running in a race, just as we're running in this race of life. And so when you're running and your legs start getting tired, and many times you want to stop because there's aching in your body, especially as we get older. But then you hear your friends yelling for you. And they're yelling, keep going, keep going, you got this. They're encouraging you and they're pushing you. And they're pushing you on not to stop. And so this is what your true friends will do. And this is why your true friends are so valuable in your life. Because when you're going through life and you fall on hard times, or you're having medical issues, or you lose someone close to you, your true friends are the ones who are going to get behind you, and they're going to be the ones that encourage you to press on no matter what the obstacles are. And they're the ones that are going to encourage you with words and prayers of encouragement through it all. So how do we build each other up? Well, we can take some time to point out a quality that you appreciate about your friend. And we can let them know how much you care about them and how much you value their friendship. Especially in this time of November when we're getting close to Thanksgiving, there's so many people that are daily posting and daily talking about the things that they're thankful for. I'm also not a, write, a note writing type person, but I know that many of you are. And so one thing I would also suggest is that you write a little note to your friends especially a friend that you need that you know needs a little bit of encouragement we should also be trustworthy in proverbs 11:13 it says a gossip goes around telling secrets but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence gossiping is very very destructive and we as christians are called to a higher standard we're to be trustworthy with our friends. If you remember from my last message last month, I quoted Paul from his letter to the Philippians. And he said, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy to the good news about Christ. Part of us conducting ourselves in this manner is to not engage in, in gossip. It's also to be trustworthy in everything that we do. The mouth can be used as a weapon. It can tear people down or it can lift people up. And we as passionate followers of Christ should build our relationships and our friendships in a way that we honor our friends and we're building them up and not tearing them down. 
when I was writing this, I was thinking about a building. And I was thinking about how much easier it is just to tear the building down. Most of the time, you just have to take a bulldozer and you just run right through it and you demolish it. But if you think about building and you think about building it up, it takes time and it takes effort to build a building, to make it perfect. Just as it takes time and effort on our part to build up a friendship and gain trust in each other. And many times it seems so easy to tear people down. Sometimes we can do it with just one word. So that's why we must always encourage one another and build each other up. Think about the friendships that you've had in your life. Think about the good ones that you've had. And think about the bad relationships you had. And think about how these friendships have affected us in our lives. Now I want you to think about your relationship with God. God is perfectly trustworthy. And because of him being perfectly trustworthy, we too should be trustworthy in our relationships and in our friendships. It takes time for us to gain trustworthy friends. And I know this because I was a police officer for 20 years. And so it's always been hard for me to fully trust people. But as I continue to trust in the Lord, knowing that he is perfectly trustworthy, I've been able to develop some great relationships and friendships with many here in the church. And I want to say right now that I am so thankful for those friendships and relationships that I have made over these years. We also can keep our friendships centered on Christ. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15.33 that bad company corrupts good character. How many people have heard that? Paul wrote, Don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. So when we look at that verse in context, Paul was talking to the Corinthian believers, and he was telling them not to be swayed by the bad company who were denying the resurrection and who had bad doctrine. And so we need to keep good company. Or we need to have Christ-centered relationships with other believers that will help us build up our relationship with Christ. Sometimes when we fall into the trap of thinking that we can associate or hang out with friends who have worldly morals, many times we run the risk of behaving as they do and a lot of times we begin to mimic their habits. This past Sunday, Megan and I were watching a movie together, my daughter Megan, and the main character of this movie was going between her faith and her unbelieving high school friends who had a negative influence on her. In a conversation that she had between her mother and her, she told her mother that she was hanging out with these unbelieving friends at parties because that's where people who need the light most are, and that she was trying to make an impact on them. And her mother told her, I think they are impacting you more than you are impacting them. And that struck me right there, because many times that's what happens to us. We think that we're going to go and we're going to change our unbelieving friend, but then we start mimicking them, and they begin to impact us. 
But I'm also not saying here that we cannot have friendship with unbelievers. Our friendships with unbelievers are also good to continue because it's in these friendships that we're able to show the love of Christ. It's in those relationships that we can pray for our unsaved friends when they need help and when they need uh, prayer. And it's also in those friendships, when we have that relationship, especially if we've known them for a very long time, that we can share the gospel with them. But what I'm talking about is the close friendships that we have with other believers should be centered on Christ. And our close, intimate friendships and relationships with believers in Christ, we should also focus on those friendships with the unbelievers and we should try to win them to Christ. That's our main goal when we are friends with unbelievers. Our main goal is to share the love of Christ with them and share the gospel to win them to Christ. And we can do this by demonstrating God's saving power in our own life. This is why we as parents tell our children to choose your friends wisely. My mom and dad used to tell me that all the time. And to remind them that they will be known by the company that they keep. I always tell my children that many of the friends that they have now, they're going to come and they're going to go. But it's the Christ-centered friendships that they develop in life, through church, through Christian schools, that they're usually going to be lasting a lifetime. Another thing that we should be to be a good friend is to be a loyal friend. I once heard a quote that said, loyalty is not a word, it's a lifestyle. And I think that's so true. Have you ever heard the phrase, talk is cheap? Many friends tell you that they're going to be loyal. And many times they are, but as we know, we see that many times a lot of our friends end up not being loyal to us. But it's such a great feeling when we have friends that we know will be loyal and faithful no matter what happens. Just as, just as we look to our friends to be loyal, we should be loyal to our friends as well. And when we make promises to some people and our friends, we need to keep those promises always. When we tell our friends that we're going to pray for them, we have to pray for them. Being a loyal friend means that we will follow through with what we said we would do. It's more than just mere words. It's action. And it's showing someone that we care about them. And we care about them enough to be there for them. In Proverbs 26, we read, Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? Also in Proverbs 18.24, we read, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. We have all had friends like this. We've had friends that say that they'll be loyal to us and they become unreliable or unloyal. It's bound to happen. And so here we're reminded 
that we all need more than just casual associates in our lives. We need true friends, friends who will be closer and more loyal than even blood relatives. We need friends who are friends forever. And Jesus is a friend who is closer and he's better than any family. And so that's why we should love as Jesus loved. Being a true friend is modeled perfectly by Jesus. In John 15, 13 to 15, Jesus said, There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. Jesus is the perfect example of what a true friend is. He laid down his life for his friends and that's us. That's good news tonight. The best part is that anyone can become Jesus' friend when they put their trust and their faith in him as their Savior. John 3.16 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting eternal life. This is how we become a friend of Jesus. And it's when we love like Jesus loved, and follow his perfect example of what a friend is, that we can truly develop godly, Christ-centered friendships that will last a lifetime. When we truly understand how much Jesus loved us is when we can find it easiest to love others. When we love others like Jesus loved us, we can value our friends as Jesus values us. We can forgive our friends just like Jesus forgave us. We can show compassion to our friends, just as Jesus shows compassion for us. We can show mercy and grace to our friends, just as Jesus showed us mercy and grace, even when we did not deserve it. In John 13, 34, Jesus also said, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other, just as I have loved you, you should love each other each other. And when we love others like Christ, we can follow that commandment. There's so many examples of being a friend in the Bible. And if you remember, Pastor Clanton last year had a series called God Friended Me. And so I would encourage you to go to the Woodland website or the app and listen to his messages. Download the notes and see what God has to say about Christian friendship. And so I want to leave you with a few things and a few ways that I think that you can be a good friend. First, you can build a relationship with someone. As I said earlier, think of your friendship as building something. It takes time and it takes effort to build a Christ-centered friendship. And we should be very careful about people who we allow to get close to us. Jesus was always interacting with people who did not believe in him. But in his most intimate friendships, 
He handpicked them and was very selective in his closest companions. True friendships don't just happen. True friendships require effort and time to get to know each other. And then sometimes we find out that some friendships work out and sometimes they don't. But when you build a friendship around God, it can be a deeper and true friendship. Our closest friends carry great influence in our lives. And if we're not careful, as I said earlier, they can lead our hearts away from the Lord. So we should think about this when we're building relationships with others. A second thing is don't be too busy. When I think about that, I think about the story in Luke 10, 38 to 42. If you remember, Jesus was at the house of Martha and Mary. And while Mary sat at Jesus' feet and listened to him, Martha was running all around the house, and it says that she was distracted. Martha became upset with Mary and approached Jesus and said to him, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. And Jesus said to Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And if we think about it, most of us are like Martha. We rush around, we try to get things done. When we have people over or we go to somebody's house, you know, we worry about a lot of different things. And we get busy. And it's when we get busy like that and we don't sit down and relax or forge a friendship with someone, it's, start, it's those times that we start to miss glimpses of Jesus all around us. And it's in those times that we begin to miss spending quality time with our friends. So we need to take the time and slow down and be like Mary. We all live busy lives. We have work. We have kids that go to school. Some people are in school. We have so much happening in our lives every single day. And it seems like we're always on the go. But if we think about it, we still do make time for other things that we value, even in our busy lives. So if we value a friendship, we should make time for those we have a friendship with and not be too busy. The third thing is to pray with and for your friends. Prayer is so very important. And when we have a Christian friendship, it's important for us to pray with and for each other. In Mark 14, 32 to 34, Jesus was anxious about dying on the cross. So he asked his three closest friends, Peter, James, and John, to come and pray with him. And it says in the text that Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. How many times have you had a friend that just wanted you to stay there and watch with them and pray with them as they grieve or as they're going through some type of problem? And we do know that his disciples fell asleep, but they were still with him. They were still there with Jesus. 
And so friends, share our joys. Friends, lament in our sorrows with us. Friends, pray for us when we're struggling and going through hard times. Friends, rejoice in our victories and they encourage us all along. Max Lucado once said, we know the importance of a friend. All of us need friends, don't we? Whether or not you are friendly could determine whether or not someone hears about Jesus Christ. Your handshake, your warmth, your friendliness could make the difference in someone's lives. This is so very powerful, especially in the times that we're living in. So many people are suffering loneliness. And so many people just need the touch of a friend or a prayer of a friend. And with Thanksgiving being next week, I want to encourage you, make sure that you check in with your family and your friends. And make sure that you tell them how much you love them and how much you appreciate them. And continue to encourage them in their walk with Christ. Pray with them. Have a Bible study with all the internet stuff that we have and the iPads and the phones. We can have virtual Bible studies, virtual prayer, just like we're having tonight. You can meet their needs any way that you can. But more importantly, remind them how valuable they are to God and how much God loves them. Amen. Thank you, Keith. What a powerful message this evening, and I know that you enjoyed it. And I pray that you're going to do those things. We call that growth work here at Woodland that uh, Keith gave you at the end of the message. Helps us to grow in Christ, but in this case, it'll help us to grow and become a friend like Jesus. And I just want to say to you, Keith, thank you so much for being my friend. Friendships are a privilege. Friendships should be nurtured and cherished. And I'm grateful for all of those who have chosen to be my friend and that I get to be your friend as well. But most of all, aren't we all grateful for Christ not calling us servants, but saying he called us friends? Well, let's pray together. And right now, wherever you're at, just agree with me as we pray this evening. Father, thank you for touching our hearts and stirring us. Thank you for the testimony of a dad who sat down and watched a movie with his daughter that carried such an impactful story as the one that Keith shared about tonight. And I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that our being friends with you, that more and more of your character and your nature will be reproduced in us as we spend time in worship and in prayer. Secondly, Lord, I pray that this evening that we will be able to demonstrate the love of God in friendship to our friends, not only to our friends who know you, Lord, but above all, Lord, to demonstrate that friendship to lost people so that they hunger and thirst and come to know you the way we do. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this evening and this day, and we ask you to bless each and every one who's tuned in tonight. God bless you. We love you so much. Don't forget to pre-register for the service on Sunday morning, and there will be 100 people per service at 10 or 11.30. And then join Becky and I tomorrow for our daily prayer update on Facebook. God bless you.